This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Afternoons on News Talk 770. So maybe not surprising, and maybe this was inevitable, uh, Justice Danny Thomas today, uh, the judge in the Travis Vader case, coming back, admitting to making a mistake in his original findings and changing the murder verdict to manslaughter. Now, this has been a very high-profile case, of course, uh, the deaths of Lyle and Marie McCann, and maybe we'll never know for sure exactly what happened to them. Uh, so given what happened today, I mean, there's the question of where this all goes from here. Defense lawyer Nate Whitling saying that they are still going to appeal this. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we may well be asking for an acquittal as well, but uh, certainly uh, both of those things would be on the table. All right, so they believe that the judge's error warranted a mistrial and that Travis Vader should get a new trial or maybe have the matter thrown out altogether. That didn't happen today. What do we make of it? Joining us on the line is uh, Stephen Penny, professor of criminal law, University of Alberta. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, Did this seem to be the the most likely outcome in, in your view, what we saw today? Yes, I do think it was the most likely outcome. It certainly wasn't guaranteed. There are a number of other possibilities uh, that could have occurred, but I think this is something that didn't surprise anyone who was closely following the proceedings, and it seems like a fairly sensible resolution uh, given uh, what we know about the case. Now, the, the judge is certainly able to do this. I don't think even the defense is questioning the, the procedure here. Um, I, I suppose there's some technicalities about whether the, the original verdict was, was vacated or whether he has officially been found not guilty on, on the murder count. So in, in terms of those technicalities, how much of that matters here today? Uh, it turned out not to matter very much, uh, but I think uh, the defense was was wise and, and correct to concede that Justice Thomas still had jurisdiction to, to look at the case. In other words, he wasn't what we call functus, which means that he would have lost jurisdiction, which would have happened had there been a jury verdict or had sentence been imposed. In that case, the only real remedy would have been an appeal. But he did have a jurisdiction because Mr. Vader had not yet been sentenced. And so, you know, there is a test that the courts use to decide whether or not you can reopen the case to correct an error once it's acknowledged that there is an error. Uh, and uh, that test would involve, you know, anything that would be done that wouldn't be seen as, you know, being perceived as sort of predetermined or biased. So if you could go back and look at what had already been decided in Justice Thomas's reasons for judgment and in the initial decision and say, the elements that the law requires to convict someone for manslaughter were clearly present, then I think it was within his jurisdiction to substitute those manslaughter uh, convictions for the murder convictions. What about the argument, though, that this trial never really heard arguments uh, in favor of a manslaughter conviction? It wasn't part of the Crown's case. They, they didn't detail any of that. That, that just um, This is now all of a sudden entered into the conversation. Yeah, well, I, I imagine that the defense will pursue that line of argument on the appeal, uh, and it, it's, it's always a possibility that that might have some traction at the Court of Appeal. Uh, my reading of the case, though, is that what, when you convict someone for murder, there are certain findings that you have to make. And so not necessarily in every single case, but in this particular case, you can look to see what the findings were that would have allowed him to convict for murder under this provision that we now you know, know is unconstitutional, that he couldn't be convicted under. But mm-hmm. because he made those specific findings, and we know what the law of manslaughter requires, then I think that you know, there's really no prejudice to the defense in the sense that 
you know, they, they can't imagine what arguments that they could have made uh, that would have changed that result. In other words, the facts kind of speak for themselves. On the way to convicting Mr. Vader of second-degree murder under the unconstitutional provision, Justice Thomas necessarily had to make certain factual findings that align, in my view, perfectly with the requirements for manslaughter. So I think that his decision to substitute manslaughter was justified, in my opinion. Okay. Well, and, and certainly in, in his original verdict, he found that, that the evidence pointed toward a conclusion that, that Travis Vader caused the deaths of the McCanns. On the question of intent, whether he intended to kill them, that's where there was uh, some questions, some uncertainty. Now, he used Section 230 of the Criminal Code to try to explain how that that could still be murder. That's where we got into some problem. But if he's if he's still convinced and if the evidence still points to Travis Vader being responsible for these two dying, I mean, that would be manslaughter, technically. That's absolutely right. And so if, you, if we find that, as he did, that Travis Vader engaged in an unlawful act uh, that caused the death of the victims, and he made those findings very definitively and very clearly beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, then in my view, the, a manslaughter conviction is, is amply supported on the record. All right. Now, when it comes to sentencing uh, uh, for a crime like manslaughter, there, there seems to be a, a lot of potential discrepancy. And, and what the Crown may be pushing for, what the defense might be asking for here, uh, seem to be very far apart. Well, that doesn't surprise me because manslaughter uh, allows for a very, very broad range of sentences. It's the, the most wide open sort of type of sentencing that really exists in our criminal law. So in theory, you could have everything up to a life sentence and everything as little as a, you know, a, as a discharge. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, depending on certain factual findings about whether he used a firearm, there may be a minimum sentence associated with that. But the broader point is that there is an incredible range of sentences that are available. Now, we might narrow that somewhat when we look at the degree of violence that was used and we look at, you know, factors like potential, the, the record and the, the harm caused. Uh, all of those factors will, will go into the to the submissions and the ultimate determination of sentence. But it's true that, you know, that if there's a wide range of possible outcomes here. Well, we've got, of course, this is complicated by the fact that we don't know how the McCanns died. So given some of the uncertainty around the case and the circumstances of these deaths, how, how's that going to impact sentencing, do you think? You know, I, I couldn't really say. I mean, all we can do is base the sentencing on the information that is available uh, and to try to determine, you know, the, the culpability of the offender, any mitigating or aggravating circumstances, uh, you know, the, the victim impact statements, if there are any. Uh, all of these factors kind of go into to the mix to, to come up with a just and proportionate sentence. And it will be uh, Justice Thomas who will be deciding on the sentence then, won't it? That's right. And, uh, you know, there's, n there's nothing necessarily problematic uh, with that. Although I think, you know, if I were defense counsel, you know, on appeal, one of the things that, that might be explored is, is perhaps the potential perception of, of bias or conflict of interest when you have a judge who initially did convict for murder, uh, then recognizing quite rightly that that conviction was not sustainable, but now imposing a sentence for a lesser offense. Is, is there potentially a reasonable perception that, you know, that, that Vader might receive a harsher sentence than he would have otherwise had there been no finding of murder. I'm not saying that that's, that's a winning argument or that's a, a compelling argument, but I do think that that's something that, you know, might be raised on appeal as a potential reason 
for why maybe there should have been a, a mistrial in mm-hmm. the eyes of the defense. You know, it's interesting because obviously, the, you know, this was a shocking error, just, I mean, especially given how high profile the case was, that the, the judge could have made this kind of mistake. And it raised, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of questions about why we still have some of these laws uh, in the criminal code that have been struck down by the courts and that maybe politicians need to address it. Maybe this would be an impetus for that. But Stephen, I guess if we're now in a scenario where the judge says, oh, whoops, okay, I made a mistake and... You know, we fix the problem. Does does this all go away, or is there still an impetus to to address this? Well, I, I think we've already heard indications potentially from the federal government and the minister of justice that we may be seeing some attempt uh, to clean up the provisions in the criminal code uh, that have been struck down by the Supreme Court of Canada. We'll have to wait and see if that if that actually happens. Certainly, that would be a positive outcome from this case. Uh, and and the media coverage and and public interest in this case. So that that would be great if that happens. Uh, and, uh, you know, it would, would certainly, you know, likely have prevented this from occurring in the first place, no question. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, sentencing arguments begin uh, on December 12th, so uh, this, this saga continues. Stephen Penny, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right. Stephen Penny, uh, professor of criminal law at University of Alberta. Uh, so we certainly appreciate his insight on trying to understand what this all means. So uh, the judges come back and was pretty candid in saying that it was an error on his part. And he has now come back. The murder convictions are out. It's two convictions on, on two counts of manslaughter. Uh, there's going to be a written decision uh, to follow sometime this afternoon. Uh, so you've heard Vader's lawyers say that they're going to appeal this. They, they don't believe that the judge has the jurisdiction to do this. Uh, they believe that a mistrial is warranted. So you're going to have this appeal unfolding, I guess, at the same time now as we get into these sentencing arguments. And the defense indicated that on that point, they're going to argue that time served would be appropriate. Uh, the Crown, it sounds like, is going to push for something closer to life in prison. And as you heard uh, Stephen Penny say, on account like manslaughter, you've got that kind of uh, variation in the sorts of sentences that, that can be handed down. Uh, here's a little bit more audio from today uh, following the, the decision by the judge. Uh, this is more from Nate Whitling here, who is the lawyer for Travis Vader, it says this has been a, a frustrating case from the start. This has really been an unfortunate uh process which has occurred throughout this prosecution things were bad enough uh, before this uh, decision came down on september 15th but uh, uh, we all agreed today that there was a very significant error in that decision and that is just going to continue in our view to complicate things it's been plagued with problems from beginning to end and uh, you know that's a pretty colorful expression it's it's accurate in a lot of ways Uh, as i said uh, this is a matter that should have been decided a long time ago and in our view there still needs to be a new trial in order to have this, uh, these charges resolved. All right, so that's going to be the argument they're making here, that there should be a new trial. Not that this should all be thrown out, although I'm sure they'd accept that if, if a higher court came back with that kind of a finding. But their argument here is that this all needs to start over. There needs to be a new trial. That, that This trial and, and the error that was made, that it cannot stand as it is. Now, it's interesting here the response from the Crown prosecutor, because remember, they were the ones arguing that... Uh, Travis Vader was was guilty of murder. They were trying to prove that he was guilty of second-degree murder, and they failed on that. Or rather, first-degree murder. They failed on that. Now they failed even to get uh, a finding of second-degree murder. But yet at the same time, here's Crown Prosecutor Ashley Finlayson says they're, they're happy that a solution was found here. Mistakes happen. A person could spend weeks uh, going through cases that have uh, been overturned uh, because of errors and uh, judicial errors. And uh, so, so uh, the, the, 
the fact that an error was made was uh, uh, is not unusual. An error was made, and that resulted in the two convictions for second-degree murder. Um, based on what Justice Thomas um, ruled upon today, it's apparent that but for that error, um, uh, Mr. Vader would not have been convicted uh, back on September 15 of second-degree murder, but rather of manslaughter, and that's what occurred today. All right, so they, they're satisfied with that. Even though the Crown failed to prove that uh, Travis Vader was guilty of murder, they've still managed to prove that he is guilty of causing the deaths of Lyle and Marie McCann. How they died, what happened to their bodies, we don't know and may never know. Uh, so the Crown is satisfied. Uh, I suppose better to have something than nothing. What about the family of Lyle and Marie McCann? Brett McCann, their son, uh, today also expressing his own satisfaction with these new verdicts. Personally, I'm, I'm glad to see this. I'm glad to see this come you know, to an end. I'm glad that uh, Vader will be in prison for a long time. And uh, I'm glad that, uh, that, uh, that the public will be safe. At some point in the future, he'll be looking for a parole, and uh, I'm hoping that he shows remorse and uh, and uh, lets us all know where my parents' bodies are. All right. Well, and uh, already some indication that uh, Vader himself may not be willing to cooperate with this pre-sentencing hearing. So the sentencing arguments that begin on December 12th could turn out to be uh, another sideshow of sorts uh, and in the meantime you've got an appeal i don't think travis vader is uh, about to cop to anything anytime soon uh, some of the texts coming in here 403-974-TALK this one says i may be wrong but it seems as though the error would have never been noticed had the verdict not been publicized now remember it was unprecedented we had the camera in the courtroom that day as the judge was reading the summary of his verdict and so with the legal experts who were listening who said, wow, wait a sec, what did the judge just say? Did the judge really just say what I think he said? And so it became apparent quite immediately what had happened and that there was a problem. I think had it not been broadcast, uh, had the judge simply come into court and read uh, his summary of the verdict to those in attendance and then posted the, the written verdict uh, at some point, we would have learned that. I think there may have been some in the courtroom, maybe even Vader's own legal team, who would have heard the mistake, who would have known that, aha, there's a problem here, and uh, I think we've got something. So I, I think it would have came out either way, but it uh, certainly wouldn't have been as uh, immediate and as impactful as it was. Another text here says, uh, Rob, what a joke our legal system is, all the time, money, and resources spent uh, in such a high-profile case, and this is the result. Uh, the judge should be fired and never work again. Right, it's an interesting question. I mean, is it the judge's fault? Is it Parliament's fault for, for leaving that law on the books, even though the Supreme Court of Canada struck it down? There's probably lots of blame to go around here. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder, though. I mean, the judge made a pretty big mistake. He came out today and admitted to his mistake. And now we've got, instead of a murder verdict, we've got uh, manslaughter. But you heard the Crown say they're satisfied. The family say they're satisfied. So... You know, maybe uh, all will be forgiven here. All right, we're going to stand down for the top of the hour here. We've got a lot more still to come. It is time now, though, for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.